0: Here at Mater Day Radio, we have a wonderful lineup of programs that are designed to deepen your faith, to help you enjoy family life a little bit more, and to get ready for Sunday liturgy. One way you can do that is to listen to Sunday commentary where Kevin and Carla go through the Sunday readings and offer unique commentary and what the gospel readings are for that week. Another and more relaxing way to maybe prepare for the weekend is to listen to the beautiful episode of The Glory of the Mass. Every week, Terry Ross puts together a beautiful lineup of music designed to help you appreciate more the beautiful music in the sacred liturgy. Terry is joining me today to give us a preview of episode 202. Good morning, Terry. Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: It's a pleasure as always.
0: 202 episodes and still you find unique things to bring forward in your episode for this week's show. Tell us what's unique this week.
1: Well, <clears throat> a couple of things are unique. First of all, we're having a mass by Josquin Dupre, which is not particularly unique to this show. I've had many masses by Josquin here. and in fact. During the month of July, all the regular ordinary Masses are by Josquin. This one, though, uh, is called uh, the Mass de l'Ami Bauduchon. And uh, the guy who's the director of the Tala Scholars, he thinks that the Bauduchon, part B-A-U-D-E-C-H-O-N, was probably given as a nickname for a lusty and swaggering youth. Philip says that the mass represents Renaissance artistry at its most skittish. And I think he's right. The curier the doesn't seem to be an earnest plea for mercy that the words indicate. Uh, it, it just seems like a joyous piece. The Gloria displays youthful exuberance as well. And you can sort of sense Josquin in this early mass by him flexing his compositional muscles. Um, and the Credo is very fervent, but performed with real spirit. Um, and uh, Phillips draws our attention to the Et Resurrexit section of the Credo, which goes on for 157 bars. That's as long as many pieces. Um, and it's a, vir- a real stream of virtuosic music. So that's really great. Uh, if you think that uh, Renaissance polyphony, is dull and surely this part of this mass will change your mind.
0: Interesting. Now, of course we think about we're used to hearing music during mass and then the different parts, the music does have the ability to set the stage for that part of the mass. As you said, the Gloria, the whole congregation should join in together one voice, lifting their spirits, singing praise and glory to God. Whereas Well, if we are in a different part of the mask, we are asking for mercy and forgiveness. Well, then the music might tend to somber down a little bit as we remind all of ourselves that we are sinners and therefore asking of God's blessing. Music really has an ability, maybe even more than just the words by themselves, to bring forward a joyous feeling or A more somber or sad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, are are there certain tones? Like, I mean, perhaps major keys for up tempo and glorious things versus minor keys for those more somber, sad, and penitent, we'll say, types of music.
1: Uh, That's probably generally true, but certainly there are so many, so many changes from that. So many exceptions to that rule that it doesn't make sense to say major equals happy and minor equals sad. Okay. Because uh, minor can be happy too. And in fact, happy and sad are mixed together in the texts of most of the parts of the ordinary. The Andus Day, for example, grant us thy peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, first it says, pray for us, Lord, or you know, forgive us our sins, miserere mei deus. And then it says, "Dona nobis pacem, grant us thy peace." That's contemplative, but it's also uplifting. Uplifting, because yes. it's not. We know God is going to grant us thy peace, so it's uplifting. So that even that most contemplative of movements, the Anius Day, can be quite a happy one.
0: Oh, I and love that. Yeah. Always things to learn when you have the glory of the mass tuned in. It's coming up this weekend. Terry Ross is the host and joining us today to give us a bit of a preview. Now, you also have some new composers that you've not featured before. And as we usually do, Terry, when you join us, we listen to a little piece of music that people will listen to in this week's episode. Tell us about Johann Hugo von Wilder.
1: Hugo von Wilderer, that's W-I-L-D-E-R-E-R, uh, lived about a, a generation before Bach, Johann Sebastian Bach. And during his lifetime, he was known as a composer of operas, oratorios, and cantatas. We're going to hear a motet by him, which is the gradual of the of our Mass, me Domine, keep me, O Lord. Um, this is the first time I've ever played von Wilderer's music on the glory of the Mass. And there's another composer, uh, even later than von Wilder, who's actually uh, an 18th century composer named Giovanni Benedetto Platti, P-L-A-T-T-I. We're getting, he was a contemporary of Handel's, and we'll hear a piece by him uh, uh, for the Alleluia. So the Gradual and the Alleluia are sung by two completely new composers to the glory of the Mass.
0: Well I like that. So here is the piece of Johann Hugo von Wilderer Custodi Mi Domini. Another beautiful piece. What really stood out to me here, Terry, and maybe you can explain this to me while they are singing so beautifully, their ability to come in softly and then build a little bit, and the sound of their voice seems to come in a little bit stronger, even a little louder, which also can change the mood and the feeling of the song, too.
1: Very much so. I mean, traditionally, pieces like the Et Incarnatus Est. Mm-hmm. That, that bit of chant are sung quietly, and at Resurrexit, on the other hand, and was, is is uh, bold and loud <laughs> as a general rule. And the play, the singers can you know sing loud or soft. They can even get louder and get softer while yeah. they're singing, just like you can like you can do on an organ, for example.
0: Well, a beautiful choir master can just lift a congregation just all that much closer to heaven.
1: There's one more interesting thing in this program, <laughs> and I have a piece that's neither an instrumental piece nor a sung piece. It's traditionally a sung piece, uh, namely uh, the beautiful communion proper. It has a wonderful text, Passer in Venit sibidomum. The sparrow has found herself a home, and the turtle dove a nest in which to lay her young. Very lovely text. But I have this not sung, uh, but performed by a group called the Classical Meditation Players, and they play this melody on the vibraphone.
0: What Now, what kind of instrument is that?
1: It looks like a xylophone, except it's it's electrified. Okay. Uh, Yeah, and uh, it's used a lot more in jazz than in classical music, Uh, but it's a very beautiful instrument, and so we get to hear the vibes played a little bit here, too.
0: I like the sound of that. Well, Terry, thanks so much for your time today. Appreciate it as always when you join us on The Morning Show. Have a great weekend. You too. And again, that is Terry Ross giving us a preview of The Glory of the Mass, episode 202. You can find that full playlist along with all of Terry's archive show if you go to com.